good morning, church. Man, that's a little bit better than last week. Last week was like, man, it's great to be here with all of you this morning. You're going to hear me say this a lot. I love the fact that we have this opportunity to come and worship our awesome God and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. If you are new with us this morning, your guest with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical. We love the fact that you are here. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and we are stoked that you're hanging out with us today, and we hope that when you came in that you were made to feel welcome and wanted, that you'll come back and pursue this life of Jesus with us. Gang, as we get going, open your Bibles, if you would, to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2, we're starting at verse 1 this morning. Jonah 2, verse 1. We are in week 2 of this White Flag series, and it's a series that's geared to challenge us right at the core of our resistant nature, right? Right at the core of our resistant nature. You know what I'm talking about, right? The one that says, I will do what I want to do. I'll be who I want to be. I will go where I want to go. And it's just kind of one within us that we just want to fight for control. We want to push back authority in life. That's what this series is challenging us to do, come before God. But this is how simple it is in our lives. This past week, I mean, this is a good example. This past week, my, my wife, Stephanie and I, and Isaac and Riley, we went to the BMV, right, to, to get our Indiana driver's license. Um, have you been there? Okay, so you probably know where I'm going with this. We walked in, and we, we did our research. We looked exactly what we need to get our license. We felt like, okay, we got all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. We go with our complete confidence. of like, okay, this is going to happen. Well, little did I know. So we get in there, and we're waiting. We hate, we're taking numbers, and that just drives me crazy. Like, I'm a number. I'm not a person. I'm a number. And we have to sit in the back. And so I'm sitting in the very, very back, and the lady calls my wife up. Call Stephanie up and she says, okay, number 65. Steph goes up there and I'm, I'm listening to the conversation take place and I'm hearing her reject what we had for proof of who she was, that her name is Stephanie Clark, that she is my wife, that we did get married. And I'm hearing this take place and inside of me, I'm like, oh, no, you don't. And so I just do what I do best. I start to open my mouth. Like, hey, it doesn't say that on the piece of paper on your website that we read. And I'm just spouting off. Don't you tell me what to do. Stephanie turns around and just looks at me. She goes, you're not helping. See, that's what I'm talking about. The resistant nature to push back authority. Because I want to argue with the person on the other side of that glass. And like, you don't know what you're talking about. I've got it all figured out. But we, we take that mindset, we take that lifestyle, and we bring it right before our awesome God. We, we push back him, and we, instead of, we, we fight him, we battle, instead of embracing the best life he has for us, we tell him we've got it all figured out. We don't need him to tell us what's up. You know, just, I didn't share this in the first service, but I was thinking through and praying through this. Jacob and I were having a conversation, I think it was last, this past week, is we come before God with this spirit of folded arms. Like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I've got it. And so we bring that in. And last week we identified this idea that we all do this by looking at a life of a guy named Jonah and the battle that he was having with God for control in his life. And what he was doing is exactly what we do in life. 
When the word of the Lord is revealed, let's start off with this, with the word of the Lord, when it's revealed into our life through, through scripture, through praying, through preaching, through small group, whatever it is, when it's revealed, we have two options, friends. We can listen to God and do what it says, or we can put our hand up and start fighting him, rejecting him, and running in the opposite direction. And that's exactly what Jonah was doing. And if, it's on, if we're honest, that's exactly what many of us do. We reject God. We run in the opposite direction. And that's what we're going to dig in to figure out what it looks like in our lives. Because Jonah didn't just run from God. He came to one of the craziest collusions that I can ever imagine. He said it would be better for him to die than to obey, to listen to God. Now, I pray that none of us in this room or watching online would ever come to that conclusion, like, like, it's better for me to die than to listen to God. But the unfortunate truth is many of us do choose disaster over obedience. We like the hardship. It's almost like we realize that, you know, it's easier to deal with the consequences for disobeying God than actually doing what he's asked us to do. It's easier to deal with the consequences of disobeying God and then doing what he's called us to, how he's called us to live, or who we called to reach. That's crazy. But that's how you and I live all the time. We live in disobedience and we'll deal with the consequences, but it's so much easier if we just surrender and listen. See, we can run from God. I shared this last week, but we can't outrun God. As children of God, he will continue to pursue us. Like it or not, he's going to bring the battle that we have with him right to our front door. And he's going to knock and says, you and I have some things we need to work out. You and I have some talking to do. See, God's grace is generous. He's generous with his grace. But he's truly thorough when it comes to discipline. As his children, if you said yes to Jesus, he is your Lord and Savior, and you continue to ignore what he's called you to do, the word of the Lord comes to you, and you go your own direction, man. He's coming to your front door, because he disciplines those he loves. As we wrapped up last week, Jonah thought he was done, right? God revealed to him what he called him to do. He said, I am done. God said, we're just getting started. The sailors came to the end of themselves in a conclusion they need to throw Jonah overboard. And Jonah had this impression at that moment, to just throw me over and I'll die and everything's going to be just fine. So he thought the bottom of the sea was his resting place for all eternity, right? And, but God showed up in an amazing, unusual way. Look at verse 17 from chapter 1 from last week. It says, now the Lord provided... The Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Let's just stop right there. Could you imagine being in that situation? I'm not talking about the spiritual implications of that. I mean, the reality of where he was at. Friends, he was in the belly, the belly of a fish. Could you imagine if he was a germaphobe? Like, all that nastiness inside of a fish. Now, listen, I don't fish. I lost some friends for service by telling them this. I don't eat fish. We went to the, the Gibson County Fair, and everybody says, you need to eat the fish. And I'm like, no, thank you, right? But this is, this is nasty inside of a fish. I've watched a fish get gut, and I've watched the things just come out. It's just absolutely gross. Could you imagine being in that situation? What if you were claustrophobic? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd be outside of, outside of myself, out of control. 
if it was any of us. So we read the scripture and we think, man, God, you're amazing. You, you provided, you did something really cool here. But if we were in that exact situation that took place, all of us, I have to think that we would be beside ourselves. We'd be going absolutely insane inside. See, that's what God does. And many times it's what he needs to do in our lives to get our attention, to get us to the end of ourselves so we look up. We push him away, we're running so far, we're running so fast. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna bring this storm into our life. Why do we deal with that? Why do we think that that's the way it needs to work? Like, okay, I'm not ignore God until he brings this into my life so I feel the pain, I feel the chaos, and I'm like, oh my word, then I'm gonna pay attention. It's just, why do we do that? It doesn't make sense, but it's exactly what we do. We turn and run, and when God brings the storm, the pain, the chaos, it brings us to the end of ourselves, so we have to acknowledge his presence that he's there. But you have to see the power of one word, that word provide. It said the Lord provided a huge fish. That means the Lord ordained at that moment, he appointed at that moment a fish to arrive and to swallow Jonah whole. That is crazy. The Lord will provide. That's one of his names, by the way. Yahweh Yireh. The Lord will provide. Yahweh Yireh. You may have known it as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. You see that throughout scripture. Over and over and over again, God shows up and he provides. Yahweh Yireh. And one of the best situations you can look at that is Genesis chapter 22. I want to encourage you to go look at this chapter when you, this afternoon when you get home and read through this. This is when Abraham was called by God to sacrifice his one and only son. I want you to take your son that I blessed you with and I want you to take him on top of a mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. What? Abraham obeyed. He grabbed his little son Isaac, let's go. He grabbed a bundle of sticks, he had a knife and some rope and went up the top of the mountain. And they get on top of the mountain, there's the altar, he sets it up, he wraps up his son, and he gets him ready, get ready to, and suddenly he heard a noise. And he looked up and in the thicket over the side was a ram. And he went over and brought that ram over and he sacrificed the ram to the Lord so he didn't have to sacrifice his son, the Lord provided. And in fact, you see on the screen, it says in, in verse 14, it says the Lord provided. That's what Abraham called the place. The Lord will provide. And to this day, and it says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God will provide a way out. Let me just tell you, friends, he's still in the business of providing what is needed for you and I. In the middle of our run, the middle of our rejection, he is providing. In the middle of our, everything, we just turn our backs on God. He's providing a way back to himself. In our disobedience, not wanting to listen to his word, he is providing a way, by the way, while we are still sinners, while we are separated from God, he provided a way back to him through his son, Jesus Christ, as a way of redemption for our brokenness and being separated from him. God is still in the business of providing. He's still in the business of redemption in our lives. So I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear this. But we, when we are running, there is hope. 
When we're dealing with, in the middle of a storm of life, like, oh my gosh, it's just so much pain and hurt and chaos. What am I going to do? There is hope. And when you and I are at the end of our own self, ready to give it all in and find ourselves sitting in this nasty belly darkness of life, there's hope. Because that's what God provides. Hope. So I have to ask, if you knew that you were having this battle with God, if you came to the conclusion and realized that you're running in the opposite direction, there's things in your life that God's calling you to change or do, and you've just been fighting them the whole time. If you realize that, and I'm telling you that I, I know a way out. I know a way that you can get out of the darkness and into the light. I know a way you can have less pain and a little more hope. I know a way you can have a little more joy in your life than dealing with what you're dealing with. If I was saying that I had a way, would you want it? Well, that's one person. <laughs> Would you want it? Yes. Because that's about a third of you. Would you want it, church? Yes. Well, let's find out. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deep of the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Let's just stop right there. Jonah was in the middle of his unraveled life. Everything just seemed to be going against him, and he did what only he could do. He stopped. He assessed the situation and where he was truly at, and he surrendered. He raised his white flag before the God and said, You win. You are too powerful. Fighting against you has brought me to a place in life I really don't want to be. Now, Man, I've experienced that in life, and I think you have too. There's many times in our lives where we're not where we really want to be. That's because we're fighting with God. He's been speaking. He's been talking. He's been trying to get into our lives, lead us to the best life possible through his son, Jesus Christ. And right now, we're just rejecting him. And maybe you're feeling that this morning. You're in a place in life where you don't want it to be. Well, that can change. Because when we're in battle with God, when we're fighting God, when we're pushing and rejecting in life, what well, we need to truly understand that our surrender can happen anywhere. Our surrender can happen anywhere. Jonah was in the belly of a fish, and he realized what was going on, and that's what it took for him to understand that he needed to stop and surrender to his Lord. He had been rejecting, he had been running. That's what God does. He brings us to the end of ourselves, realizing that we need to throw up our hands and say, God, I'm all yours. See, he ran from God, right? He ran from God, and he, God brought a storm this century. He was on a ship in a storm this century. God's okay, I want to get your attention. He thought he could die by just throwing me overboard. God's okay, let me, I got your attention. I'm going to save you. And now he's in this place, a horrible place, where he just realized all you do is stop and surrender. See, no matter where we are on our runaway road trip, you and I can always stop and surrender. Look at verse 3. You hurled me into the depths. This is Jonah's words. He's talking to, to the Lord. 
Into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again against your, towards your holy temple. Verse 5, engulfing waters threatened me to the deep surrounding me, seaweed wrapped around my head, the roots of the mountains sank down, the earth beneath me barred me in forever, but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When I was, my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, and my prayer rose up to you, to your holy temple. God, I was in a horrible place. A place I never wanted to be, and I came to the end of myself. I looked to you, and I surrendered, and I turned my life back towards to you. My life was falling apart. And I turn and pray and surrender. See, Jonah came to the end of himself and understood that's exactly what he needed to do. In that place, in that moment that he realized that he had been running from God, he stopped, he cried out to him and surrendered. So that's, that, that's our awesome God. That's how awesome God is. That no matter where we are at, we can surrender. No matter what you have done, you can surrender. No matter how long, how far, how fast you've ran from him, you can surrender. You can never run where God's grace won't reach. Never. It doesn't make a difference what choices you have made. It doesn't make a difference what choice you were making last night, this morning, last week. No matter what ship you're on, running and hiding from him, if you stop and surrender, God has promised to embrace you. So when I say you can never outrun God, I'm also talking about his mercy, his love, his grace, his forgiveness. Look at 1 John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgives us our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. There are many of you in this room that can testify to that truth. In the midst of your battle of life, pushing and rejecting God, you came to this conclusion that you need Jesus in your life. He's the only one that can save you. And you stopped and surrendered and you gave him his life. I'm, I'm all yours, Lord. And there's some in this room that need to hear that truth. You don't believe it's true. You don't believe it's for you. And what you need to hear is God is faithful. And if you just stop running, if you come to the end of yourself, realizing that you're on a course for life that he does not desire for you, that you're in a belly of darkness, and he is the light. That if your life is flipped upside down, just think about this, going in the wrong direction. That you're wondering why your marriage is on its last leg. That you're walking around just completely angry inside and absolutely no joy. That you're up to debt and your eyeballs, right? And the checkbook is empty and you have bills to pay because you're living like the world. That you're addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography, you feel like you're an outsider in your own family because all you do is work. You're in relationships or doing things in your relationships that dishonor God. You feel empty inside as there's no direction in life. If this is you in any way 
or any other dark hole of life that, I'm, that I did not mention, God says, stop. Stop running. Right here, right now, look to me, surrender to me, and I'll forgive you. Friends, this morning, God is calling us out. I don't care if you've been walking with Jesus for five minutes or 50 years. He is calling us out. As many of us in this room have been running. Oh, we wouldn't say that because it's only one corner of our life. (laughs) Everything's good, God. I got this over here. I got this. You take care of this over there. Some of us have been absolutely out rejecting everything he wants to do in our lives. See what I love about this? is a surrender starts with prayer. Jonah's surrender started with prayer. Prayer is simple conversation with God. And it's exactly what he was doing in the belly, belly of this fish. See, prayer is a powerful tool that God has given us to communicate with him. Communicate with our awesome God. It's an opportunity to transfer our burden that we have and just lay it before the one who can actually fix it. To bring it before the one who can actually change our circumstances. He reminds us of his presence. It draws us closer in our fellowship with him. And the reality is when we get down and pray, we realize where we truly are. We realize where we truly are. See, God, we come before God in prayer. It changes our hearts, not God's. When we cry out to God in the dark places of life, it doesn't change God, it changes us. It changes our perspective, our attitude, our desire for control. It just overwhelms our hearts. There is something about being on our knees before an awesome God in this position saying, I surrender. Because when you're in this position, you are helpless and open and humble before your God. You can't fight from this position. And this is what God wants from us. This is what he wants from all of us. If you've been walking with Jesus, give it up. If you've been fighting Jesus, give it up. Get on your knees and get in that position. Raise your hands and surrender and wave the white flag. That's the greatest victory you and I can have, is bowing down before the Lord of life and surrendering to him. And it can take place anywhere, at any time. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with just surrendering. We can come to the place where we've had enough pain and we're done fighting with God and and surrender to him. We can come to a place in our lives where we raise our arms, we get on our knees and wave the white flag and say, I'm all in, God. I can't handle another moment or another minute or another day or a year like this. But we need to take that next step. It's not just surrendering. We need to let our surrender take what is next, and that is obedience. Our surrendering to God leads us to our obedience to him. Look at verse 8, which says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you I will, I, what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah came to that place in his prayer to God. He said, okay, I understand what's up. 
I understand what and I understand what you're requiring for me. I am all yours. I am all in. Not only will you know, I wave the white flag, but I'm going to go do what you've called me to do. And that's why he said salvation comes from the Lord. So you can remember chapter one. He was called to go to Nineveh and preach. Salvation comes to the Lord. He said, this is what I'm going to do. We so need to hear that message. We notice so need to live this out in our life. It's awesome when we come to the point of surrender. It's amazing when we realize that we've been running and fighting and doing battle with God and we can't do any longer. But if that's where you and I leave it, we're falling short. By standing there raising our arms, we are going nowhere. By waving the white flag repeatedly over and over, we're not doing anything because we're not doing what God has called us to do. We're not moving forward and living it out. I remember several years ago, uh, there's this guy named Sam. Sam entered my life, I think about seven, seven years ago. We started up a ministry. It was a midweek kids ministry. And his girlfriend that he was living with and had a child together would bring these kids to the kids' ministry. And he would come and pick them up. But Sam was running from God so hard, so fast, he wouldn't even step foot in the building to grab the kids. He wouldn't step in and say, no, I don't want to do that. He would never smile. He always looked angry. And Steph and I started talking to him. Actually, Steph talked to him and said, you need to come. Come check out the church once. Just come once. If you come once, I'll never bother you again. He goes, okay, I'll come. Well, Sam showed up at church one Sunday. We about, what? And he just came again. And then he came again. And again. And again. And again. And Sam was being, realizing where he was that he had been fighting a battle with God that he no longer needed to. And I remember one Sunday, I came out right after the message, came out to, to the lobby, and he chased me right out there. He goes, okay, Rich, 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 Rich. There are no halfways with God, is there? <laughs> Amen, Sam. Amen. So that day, Sam got on his knees and he prayed to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then he went and made his girlfriend his bride. And now an opportunity to watch them both get baptized on a Sunday morning. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. There's no half ways with God. It's all in surrender and obedience. See, halfway with God is lip service. It's just lip service. When in the book of Revelation, you go back to the end of your Bible, chapter 3, God has a conversation with a church, people who say they believe, they're walking halfway with him. Middle of the road in their life and what he's called them to do. And he said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So if we come to a point where like, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, and we don't do anything, what he's called us to do, we haven't gone anywhere. We're not obedient. Let's just think about this practically. You have someone in your life that they say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it over and over again. They tell you, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they over and over and over again say they're going to do it, but they never do it. They never follow through with their words. They never step through and actually accomplish what they said they were going to do. How would you react? 
How do you, I think, I mean, I don't know about me. Maybe I'm just not spiritual. I'm like, I don't believe a word you're saying. Because you've told me again and again you're going to do it, but you never changed a thing. You didn't do anything. I asked you, and I don't believe you. Well, that's what it's like when you and I are standing before God. And we're saying, I surrender. But we're still not doing what he's called us to do. We're still not changing what he's called us to change. God says, you, you say you surrender. But you haven't taken one step forward. I don't want that relationship with God. But unfortunately, if I'm being honest, I've had moments like that in my life. And I have to believe that I'm not alone. That all of us do this. Well, that's why God is calling us out. Surrendering is awesome. Coming in that moment, surrendering, but surrendering, follow obedience is what God desires. Because the truth of our surrender is measured by the depth of our obedience. The truth of our surrender, like, okay, what is really true? It's measured out by the depth of, are we actually living out what he's called us to change or to do? Because if we're not, we're truly not surrendering. We're still holding control. We're still doing and being everything we want to do and everything we want to be. I think Jesus makes this pretty clear where he says in in John chapter 14, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So that's the way it is. If you say you love and follow me, then you need to obey. So there's a place where we start, but it's not where we end. It's you and I, church, taking seriously what we're saying enough that we're willing to make the change. We're willing to do what we vowed to be before our Lord. And when we come to this mindset... This is what we're going to do. We clear out the headspace of the world and let God infiltrate and be real in our lives. God's going to provide a way to make it happen. He's going to find an opportunity for us to move forward. He's going to bring someone into our life that's going to lead us and become our best friend and walk with Jesus. He's gonna, he provides these things. Look at, look at verse 19. He says, the Lord commanded the fish. The Lord commanded the fish and vomited Jonah out in dry land. Jonah came to the point. He says, I know what I've been doing, God. I have been running from you and doing whatever I want to do. Now I'm calling out to you. You are too big, too powerful. I surrender to you. Now I say, I'm going to vow to do what you've called me to do. And God says, I got it. Here you go. You're on dry land. No, no, go live it out. You said you would. I provided the way. Now go do it. That's what God does for us. And see what I love about this series, friends, is that we're all in different parts of the journey. See, some in this room are still fighting. You're still doing battle with God. You're putting your hand up You're not having a conversation with him. You want to do what you want to do. That's where some of us are in this room. Some of us are stuck in this I surrender mode. You're like, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. 
but you haven't taken a step forward. You haven't moved forward and do what God's called you to do. See, it's all across. And God's going to meet you where you're at. He can provide a way for you to go where you need to go. So if you're here with Jesus this morning, and he's like, he's your Lord and Savior. What do you need to surrender? What are you holding on to that you're not doing? You're fighting God in. You know what it is. He knows what it is. So stop lying to yourself and stop lying to God and just change it. He's faithful and just and he will forgive because he loves you. And if you're in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus, you said, I don't know if it, I believe in him. I don't know if I would ever want it because you're so scared they may radically change your life. He will. He will. Because he wants what's best for you. And if you're here this morning and you're ready to make that decision to make him your Lord, listen, you don't have to know everything. Newsflash, you learn really quick about me. I don't know everything. I don't know everything that's in this book. But this is what you need to know. That Jesus is the son of God. That he came to earth to live a perfect life. And it's exactly what he did. And he was a perfect sacrifice on the cross for your sin. For my sin. And sin is anything we do to live outside of this word. And he said, I love you that much, I'm willing to die for you. Not only did he die, Jesus conquered the grave. And let me just tell you, friends, anyone who can predict your death and resurrection and pull it off, I've got my ears listening. And he, that's what you need to believe. The Son of God died for your sins, conquered the grave. And then you realize that there's no way that you can save yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good. The only way to spend eternity with him and God in heaven and embrace this Lord and Savior is through surrender. Surrendering your life to him. Make him the Lord and leader of your life. Turn away, it's a repentance. Turn away from a life you've lived and live a life with Jesus. That's it. And it starts with a prayer. So right now I'm going to invite the prayer team forward. And I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room and you have an area of life, you could be walking with Jesus. You have this area in your life that you're ready to surrender, but you've been fighting it. The people up front want to have a conversation with you. They want to pray over you. They want to pray with you so you can give it up. So you can hand it to God and say, I surrender. Now I'm going to go live it out. And I'm going to pray. And if you're here this morning and you've yet to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to give you just that opportunity. And I want you to come up. And I want you to pray with them and make the change that will change everything about your life here today forever and ever. Amen. That's simple. So I'm not, it's not magic words that I'm going to say. It's just words of surrender. The heart, the life given 
So I'm going to pray. And while I'm praying, if that's you, just come up. Don't wait to the end of the service. Don't wait till I'm done praying. Just come on up and let God do what he does best. Change everything in a matter of a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. God, thank you for Jesus. He is the, <laughs> he is the only one that can take a broken, wretched man like me and made me whole. And I know he's done that for many people in this room. Many lives have been changed through Jesus Christ. But God, I have to believe that my friends, my family before me, like me, have areas in our lives that we've been doing battle with you. So God, I pray that you show them that you're providing a way out. Maybe right now, today, they come forward and just receive prayer to help them walk through the storm or the battle that they're facing. To be courageous to come up. I know it's very strange, very hard for people. But it was so much harder for your son to do what he did. So God, I pray for anyone in this room who doesn't have a relationship with you, been trying to figure out who you are and who's this Jesus guy. I pray for them right now as they're trying to think through, is this what I'm called to do? Is what I should do? And that you convince them, convict them, to cut them to the heart and say, say yes. And if you're in this room and I'm just, we're going to pray together, just copy the words I'm saying and make the best decision of your life. Father, I'm a sinner. I have chosen to live for myself. I have chosen to run from you. Father, forgive me for that. Forgive me for choosing to live a life without you. Father, I, today I give you my life. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he's your son. I believe that he lived the perfect life. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he rose from the grave and conquered death. And today, Father, I believe that he did that for me. And today I lay down my life. I will no longer walk in my own way. I will turn and embrace a life in him. If you said those words, I'm praying right now you're walking forward. You'll have a conversation with our prayer team and understand at that moment your life changed forever. Father, you're an awesome God. We sang a lot this morning about bringing you all the glory and that is so true. And right now, as hearts are being cut open and people are giving their lives to you as they're giving up what they're holding in their life before you and surrendering, you get the glory. You are one awesome, amazing, powerful, all-knowing, loving, full of grace, mercy-filled, and forgiving God. That overwhelms me. 
And I'm so thankful that you've chosen to be here, to make your presence known, to change lives forever. We praise you. We worship you.